The backbone of any healthy company is quality marketing, and you're about to learn the secrets from those who do it the best. Welcome to Marketing Superstars, where the world's best marketers discuss their cutting-edge marketing practices. Host David T. Scott is an award-winning CMO, best-selling author, national speaker, and is widely recognized as one of the top marketers in the country. Each week, David sits down with the brilliant marketing minds behind some of the best-known brands in the world to unlock the secrets of great marketing. With their help, you'll learn proven techniques you can use to build your business and your brand. Now, your host for Marketing Superstars, David T. Scott. Welcome to the show. Today we have with us Quinn O'Brien of Lenovo. Quinn, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, for those of us who have lived under a rock for 30 years, tell us what Lenovo does. So uh, we actually do a wide variety of things. We work we work in the technology industry, and we sell everything from smartphones all the way through to servers. We have oh, interesting. A, a lot of brands that people know. Um, we own Moto, um, which is Motorola's handset division. We own ThinkPad. We own Yoga. Um, so a lot of my world is taking those brands and marketing them. That's great. Now, I remember uh, when uh, the ThinkPad was the laptop to have. I mean, man, that sucker was 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 uh, was high quality. It was, yeah. you know, er- everyone had to have one. And uh, I believe it had an IBM logo at one point in time, didn't it? That it did. That it did. Yeah, it was, it's an interesting story on the company. We, we started uh, in China, and we started mm. with a very ambitious group of, of entrepreneurs in China, and they wanted to be the first brand to the first Chinese brand to go global. Mm. And they went out and found kind of the epitome of Western culture in the technology industry, which was IBM's ThinkPad brand, and went and bought ThinkPad. And I worked on it actually from the ad agency side at that point, and I remember the skepticism globally that a small Chinese organization could ever integrate with ThinkPad, and we're now the number one PC company in the world. Okay, so interesting. So then IBM manufactured it first, and then uh, and then Lenovo purchased it from them. Exactly. And what's really phenomenal about that story, success story, is that you know Lenovo has kept the quality up, which with acquisitions sometimes doesn't always happen. The thing that we know how to do exceptionally well is is build hardware and to make hardware products, and we realize the value and the quality. And we're going through this with Motorola right now as well. And that the thing that's most important, and I talk a lot about branding and marketing, the thing that really matters is the product. And the product has to just amaze people when they've got it. And we were fortunate in choosing ThinkPad, I think, because as you said, it is just a, it's an incredible laptop, an incredible line of products. And so as we've looked at other acquisitions like Motorola, we've gone and tried to find, first of all, what's that other product that's out there that's just a killer product and then we built the brand around that and do all the marketing around that. Now, tell me a little about, about Lenovo's history, right? So you talked about sort of a small Chinese company purchasing some pretty important assets. And I, my guess is it had to grow pretty quickly after that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We have, this, uh, we have this saying internally, never stand still, which we use mm-hmm. as the kind of the mantra for our culture and how we approach the world. And it's been like that from the start. And I remember an interesting point in time where ever since we bought ThinkPad, the aspiration was to be the biggest PC company in the world. 
Mm. And I remember the earnings announcement where YYR CEO got up and talked about the fact to the analysts that we had just become the number one PC company. Oh, wow. And I thought it was brilliant because he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, the great news is that we've become the number one PC company in the world. But the really interesting news is today we actually sell more smartphones and tablets than PCs. And it's that kind of mentality that's built the company of never rest on your laurels. Even when you hit the goal that you've been going for for eight years, you move the goalpost out further and say, and now we want to be big in smartphones. And then we announced the Motorola acquisition. And we wanted to be huge in the data center and in servers. So we bought uh, a, a whole division of servers from IBM as well. So it's an incredibly ambitious company that's grown in a lot of ways through acquisitions throughout the years. Yeah, so it seems like mostly acquisitions. Has the company ever uh, thought about building a brand from scratch? Um, to some extent. We've got, a, uh, we've got one of our main premium brands is this brand, Yoga. Mm-hmm. And it grew out of the PC industry initially, and we were looking for how to grow in PCs. And we came up with this idea of a multi-mode PC. So not a traditional clamshell, but one that can flip and bend and fold and turn into a tablet. And we were one of the first ones to come out with it, and we were the first ones to come out with it, just a killer product. Our first yoga was amazing. And so we built that brand from scratch, and we were lucky to be able to go out and actually secure yoga as a brand name because it actually describes, not only is it a cool name, but it describes what the product actually does because sure. uh, it bends and flips and folds. But we then have been really marketing that heavily to go and build that into the premier multi-mode or two-in-one product out there. Oh, that's fantastic, yeah. And you talked a little bit about how uh, you guys grew very, very quickly. Was brand ever, was it a forethought or was it an afterthought? Product brand has always been at the heart of what people care about here. It's the reason why we bought ThinkPad. Not only was it a great product, but also we knew that that ThinkPad brand meant something to IT buyers. Um, It's why we bought Motorola, um, or one of the many reasons, is that we knew that Moto still meant something to a lot of people in the world. So I think from a product branding perspective, the product brand has always been important. The new push that we're doing is around the company brand and is around really building Lenovo globally to mean something significant. And it it means different things in different markets. Lenovo is an incredibly well-known brand in China. It's not as well-known in in parts of the U.S. and in other markets. So we're now looking at it and saying we've grown our product brands. Now let's also grow our master brand and bring everything up together. For those of you who are just joining us, we're here with Quinn O'Brien, Lenovo, and we're talking about branding. I have to imagine that your your product brands are so powerful. I mean, ThinkPad, right? Um, uh, Moto. That were you concerned that the product brand was was superseding the the, the corporate brand? Yeah, to be honest, we were. Um, and again, it, it, it changes market by market. I mean, in, in, as I said, in China, where the company grew out of, the Lenovo brand has massive awareness. So it's not a concern there. But in other markets around the world, definitely Moto is better known, ThinkPad is better known. And so we really go on a market by market basis and try to figure out what should that relationship be between Lenovo and the, the product brands. Because Lenovo brings different things than the product brands do, too. I mean, Lenovo brings, I bet you there are some Americans out there that still call it an IBM ThinkPad. <laughs> yeah, without question. And there are in, in other countries as well. And if they buy it, then we're... I won't say we're okay with that, because I'm the branding guy, but they're buying a ThinkPad. But uh, no, we, I mean, we definitely... It is something we face. We face it less and less, because was, that was quite a while ago that 
that we made that acquisition. But there are still people who do think that um, and want to build Lenovo. We want Lenovo to be really different for people out there. And one of the challenges is we compete against, in the smartphone space, we compete against Samsung, Apple, uh, and a raft of other competitors who are coming up. Very strong brands and very strong implicit awareness. Exactly, and very high spend uh, and very different business models than we have. Mm. Um, and they're quite, they're, they're quite focused in what they do. And then on the PC and enterprise side, we compete against the Dells and HPs of the world. And, so, and again, we're selling to different people. We're selling to teenagers in a lot of cases on the consumer mm. side of things, and we're selling into IT buyers on the other side. So making Lenovo meaningful across our full range of products and across our full range of customers is really challenging, and that's where... That's where I spend all my time trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, so dare I say stiff competition, um, you know, <laughs> across the whole thing. Let me ask this question. So, uh, you know, my guess is is that you didn't just wake up one morning and figure this out. Did you guys do any, any studies to figure out what people perceived as your brand originally, what your uh, aided and unaided awareness was country by country? How did you come to the conclusion that this needed to be an effort for you? Uh, it's a really good question. Um, we did. We went out and we, and it, it's hard because you have, you're in so many categories with so many different audiences in so many mm. countries. But we were able to, to really bring it down to a realization that we didn't stand for what we wanted to stand for as the brand. When you, when you roll all the data up and look at it and say, if we want to be about premium, we want to be about innovation, we want to be about being unexpected and different in people's lives. In a lot of markets, we weren't Lenovo. The brand was not standing for that, mm-hmm. um, and it stood for a range of other things that are, were much more tactical and, and product-based. We we were missing that emotional quotient. We were missing that 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 being able to pull on someone's heartstrings as much as just get in their head. Because we can always win. I think when in terms of head-to-head products, I think we sell products. We make products exceptionally well. We sell them exceptionally well. But in terms of someone falling in love with the brand we weren't indexing high enough there. And that's what we set out to tackle, was really to try to get that emotional side built up. That's interesting. And, and so tell me understand why emotion was so important for your brand. My guess is, is that people who buy it probably buy it on price or functionality or reliability. My perception of the ThinkPad brand was reliability. Uh, and really sort of cutting edge, too. There's, you know, in terms of, you know, state-of-the-art technology as well. Yeah. Why is passion and emotion so important these days? Yeah, it's a great question. I, and to be honest, it's much more important to us in the consumer space. Uh-huh. When you look at IT buyers, IT buyers don't buy on emotion. They buy, as you said, very much on, on performance, on pricing, on affordability. Um, and, but we still, I, I will always argue that IT buyers are human, uh, which I think <laughs> I'm going to win that. I will win that argument. Um, but also that emotion can sway them. And I actually think it, it sways them more. And my whole argument behind that is, if you're in a grocery store and you buy a bad shampoo, you just lost $4. If you go in and buy a bad database, you've lost your job. Exactly. That's where we think we can get to people. And the, we've, we've done a lot of work, and I'm not, you know, we could spend hours talking about it, but we've done a lot of work in segmenting these IT buyers. And the, the segment we go after mm. are emotionally driven. They think that technology can, can advance their career. Right. They think that the decisions they make really shape their career and shape the way that the company performs. That, those are emotional things. This isn't someone who's just sitting back and doing his job. This is someone who cares deeply about the decisions they make. And I always say, if in the consumer space, I mean, someone's, someone's handset, someone's phone that they buy, 
that's a lot of emotion right there because it's so close to them. If that's 80% emotion, 20% specs, because you know a lot of phones today have similar specs. It's the flip in the B2B space, but there's still 20% of an emotional hook that you can put to these IT people where they feel loyalty to your brand, where they get excited about your brand, where they hear about your brand in the consumer space and that transfers over. So that's why emotion is a, is a key role. And to be honest, as a marketer, that's the thing that I can differentiate myself in. The product guys in our company are brilliant, and they go out and build these products that if you met someone with a 100% rational mindset, they would buy these products because they're phenomenal. <laughs> I can sway the emotions, and that's the territory I play in. So that's how we're trying to work together. And I'm saying, you go continue to build the best spec products in the world, and I will go and try to get people to fall in love with them. We're speaking to Quinn O'Brien, Lenovo, and we'll be back after this uh, quick commercial break. For more information on today's program or to contact David T. Scott directly, visit marketingsuperstars.com. Don't go away. Marketing Superstars will continue in a moment. study shows that strong brands command a 6% price premium. And that higher premium means higher profits. How does your brand rank? Harness your brand's power and gain the competitive edge with JPL's unique brand methodology. We build authentic brands that connect and drive performance, delivering real business value inside and out. See how it works at jplcreative.com. You're listening to Marketing Superstars with David T. Scott. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're here with Quinn O'Brien of Lenovo, and we're talking about rebranding. And so, you know, one question I had for you is that you sell to business folks, talked about servers and, and laptops, then you also now have a phone. Did you have to think about creating two separate brand promises, two separate brands? Did you have to think about it differently? Or could you sort of create a single brand which both appeal to the average everyday individual consumer who's sort of buying your phone at Costco and then the, the Fortune 500 decision maker who's buying your servers? This is exactly the challenge we face. And the answer is that the, the very easy path to go down is to create separate brands for every product in every category we're in. Mm. We took the harder path. So we said you've got to have, at a high level, a single brand image that means something to a consumer. When they buy a Lenovo, whether it's a Lenovo Moto or it's a Lenovo ThinkPad, that means something to them, and Lenovo adds some value there. Below that, obviously, we want ThinkPad to be able to roam free and win in that space. We want Moto to roam free and win in that space. But when someone sees it's from Lenovo, we want that same thing to resonate with them. Got it. That's sort of hard, right? I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> help me think of another company who does. Does GE do yeah. that? Let me, what's another company yeah, that can do that? GE is starting to do it really well. I mean, GE is trying to has figured out a consistent thing that spans across everything that they do, mm. um, and they also do great marketing. That we're trying to hit that same combination. And I'll tell you, the key to it for us was we actually looked internally because if you look externally. 
you're going to go, hang on, all right, I've got a 17-year-old girl who's buying her second smartphone, <laughs> and I've got a you know, 50-plus-year-old IT guy who's right. buying a $6 million data center. And you'll just, you immediately get to, there's no way to do this. Right. So instead, we just said, well, let's look at our soul as a company and try to figure out what makes us all the same. We did a ton of internal cultural analysis and cultural mm. interviews and came out, as I said at the start, you know, came out with this philosophy or mantra of never stand still, which is what unites us. And whether mm. you talk to someone from Moto or you talk to someone from our server division, every one of them goes, yeah, we move faster than anyone else. We just seek progress more than anyone else. We mm. blast through barriers better than anyone else. There is this forward momentum in this company that is on a really good day, phenomenal. And on a bad day, you, you're running in front of it, trying not to get run over. But it is there's an inevitability here that feels like we're going to win. So we, we took that, and then we looked at where we did stuff best. When we harnessed that never-stand-still attitude, what was it that came out? And our best products, when we looked at a Yoga tablet or a Moto Mods or ThinkPad X1 Carbon, they were all very, very different than anything else that was out there. Mm. And we decided to look at that and say, in a not a sea of sameness, because I think that's, that's an overused term, mm. but in the smartphone industry, for example, where a lot of the phones are starting to be similar and a lot of the updates of the phones are starting to feel similar to the last rev, yeah. how do we go and be completely different? And we did something like Moto Mods, which is the, the first real you know, effective modular phone. Um, in the laptop space, we did the first multi-mode PC, and that was really different. And so we said, all right, let's stand for being different, and let's go out there and not, not only be about thinking different, because that's been done, um, mm -hmm. but really be mm -hmm. about doing different. And how do we go out and say different is better to the world? And tell people that the obvious choice in the phone category right now is to buy an Apple or a Samsung. Sure. The easy way. If you want to be different, buy a Moto. Um, and it's the same thing in the enterprise space. There's a lot of low-priced, mid-priced laptops you can buy for your employees. But if you want to be different as an IT guy, then get your people the ThinkPad because that will change the course of your business. It will change the course of how they work, and it will make a huge difference. So this idea that different is better has almost supplanted never stand still as our internal mantra of saying everything you do as a Lenovo employee, look at how you can do it differently and how you can make it better. And that'll lead to a new brand image out there. And so we're, we're actually we're building the brand from within. We've mm. got people rallying internally around this idea of how do I look at everything differently and how do I do it better? And then we're starting to just turn the lens outward and, and show the world this is what we're doing. And if you want the same, brilliant. Go buy one of those sames. If you want something different, look at Lenovo. And we're actually just starting to get that message out there and trying to get people just to pick their heads up a little bit and go, Huh, maybe there's a different option out there, and then we know our products will win. So it's just cracking that door open so that people go, all right, I'll consider them, and then in we go. We're here with Quinn O'Brien of Lenovo uh, and talking a little about brand. And so, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about globalization, right? And you guys are in how many countries? 80 countries maybe? Approximately 160. <laughs> I didn't even know that many countries existed. Uh, so that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so, and so, how do you think about brand consistency across each one of them? Did you have to take a look country by country to, to figure out what to do there, or, or you know, what? How did you do it? Uh, it's a different definition of consistency. I've found, mm. like over the years, I've you you grow used to what we call the wall test, where. It's, a, it's very visual, and it's about, does everything look the same? Does everything have the same line on it? Does everything 
you know. But uh, you can't do that a lot, about. right? Because, you know, exactly. one color could be offensive to the culture. <laughs> exactly. And also, it's just, it, it's sort of, it's a varnish, and it doesn't really do anything. So we've, we've pushed much more heavily for a tone, an attitude, and a personality. Huh. And so we're, we're doing a lot of work, and we've actually switched from traditional written briefs for our agencies. We're switching to video briefs so that they understand, they really get the tone and the, the personality and everything we do. And we're, we're really striving to get every market to say, uh, we, we would never say we don't care how it looks. We've got you know standards, we've got colors, we've got logos like everybody else. But the thing that we're manic about is to say that that tone, that personality, and that point of view have to be the same. No matter what you're doing, there's an attitude that is Lenovo. It's a bit irreverent, it's lively, it's unexpected, it's bold. And we've, we've dimensionalized that out for people so that they can really understand what it is. And that's going to be very different in Germany than it is in Japan or China or the U.S. But that's, that attitude's got to come through. Uh, so let's talk about operationalizing this brand. So what was harder, creating it or operationalizing it across 100-plus countries? Definitely the latter. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, and it, it is a, it, it a never-ending process, I think, mm -hmm. um, because there are, there are so many markets, so many customers, so many product lines, that it's, it's constantly chasing things and just making sure that people understand. And the nice thing is that because we, we kind of built it out of the spirit of the company, everyone who sees it internally goes, ah, that makes sense, I got it. And so they're, they're, there's a willingness there to take it because it feels right for our culture. And so there's not, there's not a barrier there. It's just a lot of people. I mean, we have over 55,000 people. We probably have over 2,000 marketers Wow. globally so it's just a lot of a lot of conversations at, to get people to embrace the attitude and the personality to get what we're trying to do to get the fixed elements like the the color palette and the fonts and things like that but but the acceptance of it has been wonderful like i've i've done a lot of brand rollouts that have been met with a lot of resistance because we try to do the matching luggage thing where we're pushing <laughs> out the same thing to everyone globally and you hear 160 different reasons why it doesn't work. Right. This isn't that. It's this is more. You wake up every morning going, "All right, I, I just got. If I if if I can do all the stuff I've got to do, then we'll be great." But you're you feel behind every morning because it's just like there's so many calls you've got to make and so much information you've got to push out. But it's it's really well received, and it's gratifying when you see, you know, as you said, countries you didn't even know existed running your materials or, or it running in ways you never thought would be would happen and, and it w expressed in ways that you never thought would happen because smart people are taking a good idea and a good tone of voice mm -hmm. and doing it their way. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when I was a global CMO, one of the things I really appreciated was the fact that they were doing, they were interpreting the brand as it fit in that country. And, you know, even if you go from, you know, South, Southern Europe, is very different than Northern Europe. You cannot, you know, be that, you know, force consistency for consistency's yeah. sake. It's funny. We did this campaign last year that we called Good Weird, and it was for <laughs> yoga specifically. Um, and the, 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 the very idea behind it was that everything we do in yoga is different, but different in a good way. And the term that was trending at that point was Good Weird, just in culture. And so we hooked onto it and said, all right, let's just go own that term, good weird, and, <laughs> and link it to yoga and just see what people do with it. 
And it was so cool to see, to just put out there and go, we opened up this site and said, show us your good weird. And to see the examples that came back from different countries in Africa versus the ones that came back from Europe and the ones that came from China. And you look at each one and go, yeah, that's good weird, and that's good weird, and that's good weird, but they're so different. And mm. it was great to see people really stretch their imagination, and you'd see the, the local cultural things. We had one come out of India showing a guy on a motorcycle with nine people on it. And it was he was doing it legitimately as a, a way to transport nine people, but you look at it and go, that's both good and really wrong, and, <laughs> uh, and it's good weird. But you wouldn't see that anywhere else in the world. So it was, it was just a really interesting experiment that led to this mass response from people, each customizing the same idea in a really, really different way. We've just listened to Quinn O'Brien, Lenovo. Uh, Quinn, thank you very much for joining the show. You've been listening to Marketing Superstars with David T. Scott, your weekly glimpse into the minds of the world's best and brightest marketers. For more information on today's program or to inquire about speaking engagements, contact David T. Scott directly at marketingsuperstars.com, where you'll also find a podcast of this and previous shows. That's marketingsuperstars.com. And be sure to join us again next week for Marketing Superstars.